following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to this special episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... Hey folks, it's Lord GTZ. And... Hey, it's Duelist, back from a little hiatus. And bringing up the rear... It's your boy, Caboose Jr. And bringing up the other rear... Hey, this is Maxime Simone. I'm a show creator and uh, producer of content at Adult Swim and AdultSwim.com. Thanks for being here, Max. It's wonderful to be here, and I'm 31 years old. Oh. Well, that's interesting information. You're younger than me. (laughs) What am I doing with my life? (laughs) Probably a cool podcast interviewing Phil Lamar, doing some extreme sports trips with your best guy friends. Dream sports. <laughs> I'm not Makasu. <laughs> Gosh, me neither. <laughs> Who is really? Who's as I cool believe, as Makasu? Is he cool? I yeah. don't know. Is that what yeah. you take from it? You take that he's cool? Kinda. <laughs> Interesting. I, I mean, psychoanalyze all you guys. He's. Uh... Some of you guys realized he's kind of a bad person. Oh, he's definitely <laughs> a bad person. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to say if he's the worst in in the story, but we'll we'll have to get into that later. I don't want to. It's all about gray it. morals when you're dealing with serialized, twisty, turny, magical, anime-ish stories. You gotta have moral gray areas, like in Attack on Titan. Were the Nazis right or wrong? I think that story is really <laughs> asking that question. With its very confusing, clumsy Holocaust metaphors. Uh, it's very... okay for him to talk about this. He's uh, he's Jewish. I do have Jewish descendants, right? Is that what we were saying? Yeah. The, the minute when I read that part in the comic book, and it the manga, I guess. Are we allowed to call them comic books? Absolutely. When Allow I got, that on this podcast. When I got to that point in the comic book, which I was probably illegally reading as PDFs online, uh <laughs> Uh, with a form of technology that's very similar to how you'd read like a porn comic. You know, you're just clicking on the right side of the screen and it goes to the next (laughs) image. Um, I remember I was like, hold up, are they saying, so these people, they were put in camps because they oppressed everyone else? And I was like, that's, it's very strange. So they're arguing the people that they're oppressing in these ghettos on the mainland were responsible for terrorizing the world, which is a very, listen, we don't have to get into this. I apologize. (laughs) I love that show. I think it's a better, I think it's a better game of Thrones. I mean, that that, that twist is definitely a, it's a, it's a point of controversy. That is for certain. I mean, you have to just pull yourself away from it, you know, it was like like when the the Conqueror of Shambhala thing came out for Full Metal Alchemist and everybody was like, oh, oh, yeah, this is actually Mm. what was it? World War Two was actually World War Two alternate world. Yeah. Yeah. 
I still think that that whole thing was at least interesting as heck. So. Oh, it was interesting. I will I'll give you that. <laughs> but well, it's and, like, and clearly, even though there was, I mean, a lot of people discuss like, why is there so much fascist imagery in Japanese anime? <laughs> at least, like from the beginning, it's like, yeah, the Fuhrer and the wars, and like, it's all like kind of like anti-war and anti-totalitarianism. You know, it's not like a saying this is cool because they wear uniforms. <laughs> Max, are you saying that there's politics in my anime? There's a lot of politics in your anime. Come on. <laughs> Gasp, my life is a lie. Oh, uh Yeah. But are I mean, there politics I... in Gimisetu Machu Picchu? I, hmm. Yes, ish. There are ish politics. I have I've talked about this other places. I have a hard time putting hot takes in my work. In fact... Too much to my dad's chagrin. My dad, and this might turn off tsunami people, but my dad was a big. He's from France, and he's a super big communist. At least when he was younger, he was protesting and marching and smuggling cameras into South American countries to take pictures and make political documentaries. And <laughs> like he was a, and he's always wish I did like something like John Stewarty, but that's just never mm-hmm. the kind of content I want to write. Partly because I don't. I don't trust my voice. I don't think I know everything. And honestly, like in the social context of now, I think a, another white Jewish guy making political jokes, like I, I'm a dime a dozen, you know, and I don't, I don't think I have anything to say. Uh, but at the same time, I do think there are some ideas that sneak into Gemusedu that are a little political. <laughs> uh, I, I have a, I, I'm I'm not a spiritual person at all, but the idea of uh, the stories religions tell are interesting to me, and uh, but also mm-hmm. deconstruct deconstructing our attachment to imagery and the potential negative aspects of that. I, I feel like there's a little bit, if that makes sense at all, in the show, like talking about um, <laughs> the negative aspects of worship. I don't know what politics in it. I don't know. Now I'm thinking more. I mean, there's definitely... Well, okay, I'll take it this way. Shit, I'm sorry if you have to edit this a lot and I'm a terrible interviewee. You can tell me now. <laughs> You're fine. You're but there is a, there's a whole, and I've talked about this sometimes, there's a whole meta-commentary in the show that I realized while making it. So, Gemi Sedu Machu Picchu, the title came when I was streaming Blood Feast, the January before I started working on it. And I was joking around saying, I want to make an anime. I want to make a cartoon anime because I love anime. And I've always wanted to make something that kind of had storytelling a little bit like Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> like I wanted something where you explain a lot. <laughs> and I was also thinking in my head, like, because the other show I've worked on, Tender Touches, is a little more esoteric and anti-punchline and it's not for everyone. It's Some people think it's an inside joke. Some people who really like home movies and things like that kind of like it. And some people fucking hate it. And I wanted to do something that was like a little more, at least at first, it was like episodic, like Monster of the Week. Uh, and I liked the idea of like, oh, a tennis match is like that, but it would be against a god. And I thought like this matchup together, tennis, in Machu Picchu, he plays tennis against Incan gods. And then every episode could be a different god and blah, blah, blah. It's like Buffy suddenly. I, um, mm, so I started making these sh- shorts for Blood Feast that were like that. And then I pitched the idea and it ended up becoming a big, big thing but when i was thinking before i made the shorts there was like several months before i started making the shorts that the show ended up being based off of and i talked to some of my friends who are a lot more social justicey and politically uh i wouldn't say aggressive but like you know they have a lot of thoughts about appropriation and uh <laughs> who should be able to do what it's not like 
I don't think they're totalitarian in it, but you know, they're definitely like I told a friend and I say this in the show, Max, I was told them the idea and, and they were like, why, where do you, why do you think you can make an anime? And why do you think you can tell a story about South American gods? And in my head, I was like, I know that it's not actually bad what I'm doing. And then I ended up convincing this friend once they saw it, that it was funny and they dug it and they realized it wasn't weirdly inappropriate. But while making it and writing this story and building the world of this character, Makasu, and finding out that it was a story about, okay, because I like to boil it down to the simplest thing. Once again, kind of like Metal Gear, in the first Metal Gear Solid, you can watch these cassette tapes where you learn the mission briefing, right? So I mm-hmm. wanted to just like boil down right in the beginning. This is what the story is. And he says it like in his first little segment of the show. I'm a sportsman and a relic thief, and I play ancient religions and sports so I can get their treasure. And that was that was that's the whole vibe of the whole thing. And that's what and now it's his most recent adventure. So we've just jumped ahead eight chapters in his story and anything can happen um, because that's his crazy backstory. And that's the world and the puzzle we live in. Uh, but I realized while making it. And while making it fast and quickly, because I made this first one in about eight months, I was told, I think around Dragon Con 2018, Max, can you make this like six hours for April Fools in 2019 by Lazo and Harrigan? And I, you know, I'm I want to work on my career. I want to be seen as someone resourceful and talented. And uh, I ended up making Lazo think I was a really great writer for being able to bust it out quickly. He really was nice and supportive, which is you know maybe not everyone would think that, but at least he did, and it felt good. Uh, but I found that in the process of like trying to make this story about a character who's an analog of me visually, because that's just when we were making the shorts, I had my intern Clara draw me in the clothes I was wearing that day. (laughs) (laughs) It became a story about someone who looked like me taking the aspects of other culture and putting it in a magical thing in his pants called his back pocket dimension. Uh, (laughs) And then I was like, oh, that's also what the story of me making this is. I'm putting together aspects of, like, South American culture and other, like, Japanese uh, anime and uh, ancient Greek mythology. And I'm just, I'm doing it really shallowly. I'm just beating it and putting it in my pocket and mashing it together. And I was like, whoa, this story is essentially what I'm doing. And that's why, by the end, Makasu kind of realizes he's like a... Oh shit! I'm a piece of shit who's been focusing selfishly on some materialistic goal. Not even materialistic. Just he wanted some kind of sense of validation. It's not really sure. It's this idea of success, uh, and he's been doing whatever he can to do that, and it's disconnected from other people. Uh, so I guess that's kind of the political message: don't be disconnected from the world around you. But the thing is, I say that it's not even like I found that in writing it. I don't feel like I'm personally someone who thinks or cares a lot about the role of cultural history and how much we should respect it. In fact, sometimes I'm a futurist and a globalist who thinks culture is changing all the fucking time. Like we shouldn't be like uh, obsessed with always honoring the past. You know, I I would say I'm anti-imperialist and I think like a white male character shoving the history of South America in his pocket is kind of a metaphor in that. But, you know, I don't know. It was just an idea. I was like, wow. Anyway, is that smart? What is what I said smart? <laughs> Do it, I win? It was uh, it was informative for sure. <laughs> Does it make you guys like it or hate it more? Uh, Twenty five points <laughs> out of what? 
But it's interesting that you don't have to think about that at all while watching it. (laughs) You know, like that's just that's just stuff I thought about while making it. So I don't think there's like really politics in it. But there's just when I make something, I think a lot about maybe what's being said accidentally. You know, all the shit you think in like English class is stupid. Like no Mm -hmm. one intended this. I think when you're writing something long, even if it's something as arguably full of stupid, crass, stream of consciousness, humor, consciousness, like you start seeing what what's the symbolism here? What does this say about me? What does this say about what I think about other things? I'm not in a vacuum. You know, I can't just say this is just what it is. You know, it's no, it's reflection of lots of things. And that's my story. Huh. I mean, that's as good a story as any. I mean, I was going to ask you. Like what started you on this journey, but you kind of went right into it. So thanks, thanks for saving me the the most boring, <laughs> obvious question to ask. Hey, I uh, <laughs> everything is a part of a whole. So like you know, if I start <laughs> thinking about one part, it, it fits into everything else. That's true. I guess. <laughs> one of my observations when watching this series in the first season is it's actually very educational about all of the all the Incan gods and some other things like what, what a wonderful lesson on how to repair a tire. Well, that (laughs) didn't ask for it, but that's super, that comes from like, uh, clearly it's part of me. That's like, "Ah, I don't want to offend anybody, (laughs) you know, really like, I don't, I want this to be cool, but I don't want it to be like, I'm exotic doing exotification, whatever, you know, what my friend told me to be worried about. But it's also, like, and I keep bringing up Metal Gear, one of the coolest things about the first few Metal Gears is that you could just call someone and they'll explain the gun you're holding or they'll explain a James Bond movie. <laughs> and, and and there's so many times that, like, just something stupid is explained for n- no reason. I think you see it in JoJo's, too. Like, I, I was reading uh, yeah. Star Ocean, and I think I brought this up somewhere else recently, but... You know, there's one of the people in Star Ocean uses their stand is to control this cryptid that's like a fish that flies through the air. Like, you know, they he just like, oh, the stand is this cryptid fish that doesn't like even exist. And I had never even heard of. But it was clearly and, and they, they, that's what I like kind of about the auteurship of some of these mangas that are later adapted. Like you feel like one person's personality in them. Uh, I like the idea that clearly. He was obsessed with this thing and just wanted to put it in. <laughs> so that's why in Game of Setsu, it was important to me to have like, well, it was also, there was like, we were filling time because I was told to make six hours. So I was like, well, I'm looking at this as a blueprint as a bunch of three minute episodes. This three minutes could be a documentary. That's cool. But it was also like, you know, it was like this weirdly almost Asperger's need to explain information. Uh, whether it's fixing tires or the history of a god or something. And if anything, like it added like a reality to the kind of disconnect Makasu has from the reality. I don't know. Is that a satisfactory answer? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go grab my pizza. Are you <laughs> guys can make fun of me for two minutes. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a box with a little flying bear in it. I actually thought you were going to make a joke about one of those crunchy roll pizzas with the Oh, no, no, wait, there's a Crunchyroll pizza with the no bless logo on it. They were doing like one of those giveaways. Oh, man. Well, wasn't I remember Crunchyroll doing a thing for Valentine's Day, I think. And you're lonely. Just get text tour pizza. Crunchyroll. 
pizza's my wife. I, I have gotten a free pizza from Crunchyroll on at least one occasion. Yeah. What kind of pizza was it? Did they just like send it from like a local place? I think I think yeah, they had some I, some like service that finds like local places they can get to like send you. I think I got like a small pe like a small cheese pizza and like some breadsticks or something. And that's I think it kind bad. of varied what you would get. All right, what did I miss? Talk about pizza. Yeah, mm, pizza. <laughs> what kind of pizza you get? I got a deep dish. I don't always do that, but I was feeling it tonight. Mm, With choices. pepperoni and olives. Mm. Sounds very thick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very thick. What we you like that, that word. Mozzarella cheese. That mozzarella cheese just claps in your throat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Slappy, thick cheese. Mm. That's why you got to have a nice, refreshing cola beverage. Guys, I got to give you some office gossip. Yesterday in our channel, in one of our work channels, oh. someone made a joke. They're like, oh, you know what? You, instead of getting us a gift from the Adult Swim Festival, why don't you get us this fifty, <laughs> this $100 10-pound thing of Parmesan? And I said, you know what? Actually, I'd rather have this 50-pound fucking uh, uh, Pecorino Romano. And then... This person who's supposed to be Italian comes in and says, well, actually, the best one is this ricotta. And I'm like, bitch, we're talking about hard cheeses, not semi-fucking-soft cheese. Like, what the fuck coming in here with ricotta when we're talking about Parmesan versus Pecorino and then acting like this is an alternative? God, no. Tend to use those for different... Uh... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's like being like, oh, like, oh... Do you like ham or prosciutto? And you come in and you say, I like steak. And it's like, well, <laughs> sure. But like, we're talking about like a sandwich meat or like a slice of pork, you know? We're not we're not putting ricotta on top of our fucking Roman pastas to make a... We're not making cacio e pepe with fucking ricotta, motherfucker. <laughs> and that's why we need. We need Bucciarati here to put people in their place. Too bad he died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Too bad he died slowly. <laughs> He was a dead man walking, literally. Oh. That's golden when in a nutshell, just Bucciarati being in pain for like half a season. Well, and then he wasn't he, bleeding out of his hand. Doesn't feel it. Doesn't, doesn't that yeah. remind you of fucking uh, Mitch McConnell right now with his weird hand? Yeah. <laughs> but we're not Bucciarati. being political here. I gotta tweet that Mitch McConnell's Bucciarati. <laughs> That's not gonna work. No one's gonna give a shit. <laughs> uh. Nice. I must say, your uh, your your Twitter is a source of of great humor for me. I must say. I hope so. What's what's your least favorite and most favorite thing? <laughs> that I've um. Well, I mean, I, I actually I don't know if if I can fully uh, credit you, but suggesting that they use that uh, the Barry Manilow song to put over the Death Beats promo. Uh here's the story behind that. I originally wanted that song to end every episode of death beats, but we couldn't afford it. So that's oh, why it was very fun to that is put on the trailer. Uh, it's very expensive to license music, which is when I watch these HBO shows and I see how much licensed music they're using every goddamn episode. Like, I don't understand how they do that. It seems like so much money. They must've spent all that money on that who episode, uh, the who song for that Joe Para. They did. They fucking did. <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure a live-action episode of Joe Para probably costs more than an animated episode of Death Beats. And Death Beats looks pretty good. 
So that is, uh, suffice to say, I, I congratulate the animators at Awesome Inc. working on this season and uh, my own direction. I feel like we've done a good job. So how does it compare to the uh, animation in the first season? So the first season, I would say, like, you know, we had, I think, less than half a million dollars to spend on f- over four hours of animation. Oh, wow. And and <laughs> we didn't use all of that for the animation. We spent like We spent, like... A decent amount of money getting three father songs made, which was awesome. It was a lasso idea, and I think it was great. You know, I had a a, a wonderful ex girlfriend who had moved away for work, and uh, I remember she contacted me after Machu Picchu aired and said, "Man, that was so good." Also, you got me into this new rapper, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, that's a good choice, Ben." Um, but it, it, and that was like, you know, that's a sweet thing when someone like you were close with like gets what you're making still. Uh, that 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 feels great. Um, that means like you guys had a read and to like each other and, uh, maybe that you're making okay stuff, but yeah, so we had a very small budget for season one and a, a lot of people were people who ha- had never had an animation gig before. I think they found some of them on Instagram. I got to meet a few of them and that's why, I mean, it was done like as a bunch of three minute segments and I was just like, they were just dividing it a bunch among a, a bunch of, uh, among a lot of people. And I, uh, my direction early on to be like, just draw them however you need to draw them just use the color tones you know there's like just a few certain cues you need and it'll be clear that it's the character because that's the best way to make this not look like perfect hair forever which is in the vein of something like aqua teen you know like very stagey like mm. you've got a background you zoom in and out of the characters it's like a lot of cartoons are done like that you know you hang on peter griffin for a while and i wanted to do something that felt a little more cinematic uh and had like angles you don't see a lot in shows like that and to do that it required changing the animation style rapidly or to having off model drawings just to do it quickly because i wasn't married to like having a super clean universal style uh, i will say that the spirit of that is in the second season but we had a little more money and uh and because well the mere fact that like so the first season of machu picchu like i said they asked me that dragon con the end of september make this six hours so i had to start writing immediately we were just going quickly and my my writing philosophy behind it was i'd originally pitched these shorts that i had made for the streams and uh, they were about three minutes so they were like why don't you just make a bunch of three minute ones and if you want other writers have them write three minutes and so i'd like i built like a big blueprint for like the show in terms of like okay i know i want these six chapters and I'm dividing it into three minutes. In fact, I was short one three minute every hour, and that's why there's intro songs. <laughs> because I was like, oh, shoot, right. we need another like two minutes here. <laughs> Let's get Tayson Day to do a song. <laughs> um, that is amazing when I saw that in the credits. I, bet they, I think they turned out great. They're some of my favorite parts. Uh, but so, you know, but that that blueprint of just three minute things and like every little three minutes kind of had a beginning and ending. And, uh, that's just the way it was written. It allowed for a more wildly stream of conscious in and out style. In fact, sometimes it was weirder. It went weirder places. And Lazo's main notes were kind of like, let's stay in this world. I like Makasu and I like his sports memories. Don't do these things that go somewhere completely different. There's a part Zach white animated. That's like two or three segments in chapter yes. four. That's, that's a raceway one that went through like four different versions because at first I had him just say, I, I told him, and this was on me, I said, just write something about the wind. And then uh, Laz, I wasn't feeling it, and Lazo was like, yeah, it just takes us out of the story. Why don't we stay in it? 
So like the original direction I'd gone just to do whatever was like, no, now we actually care about this world. <laughs> We're gonna, so then, and so it transformed like, okay, we'll, we'll make it a sports memory. And so I just like kind of wrote hand in hand with him. I just like injected Makasu into an idea he had. And I, and I said, let's make it about car racing. I don't know. <laughs> and there's honestly like some stuff like it's in that, that's like more refined the voice of Makasu because like that's something we put in after I had so much else written, you know what I mean? <laughs> like we found it and put it in. But yeah, that that way of uh, outlining a show is not typical. You know, you don't normally do it in a bunch of like three minute segments. Uh, and because this new season is actually built around 11 minute episodes that are arguably uh, built around 22 minute episodes, I cut in half just to make it feel like there was more cliffhangers. <laughs> uh like the act break is the end of every episode, but there's also, you know, previously ons and next ons because they're very concerned about the audience being confused. But honestly, of all the things I feel like the Toonami <laughs> audience would not respond to, I don't think it's the serialized nature that they wouldn't like. I think that be that would be a part the Toonami audience would be into. They'd be into like, oh, there's a story here. It's not just a sitcom. It's not just a joke. Like, you know, I think it's the animation style and the a sense of humor or even that it's Western. I think that's what the Toonami audience would be more weirded out about. But, you know, executives are very much like, and I think it makes sense. I mean, Adult Swim made a lot of money with Family Guy, right? And Family Guy is a show you can just watch on Adult Swim and you don't need to know anything. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of the perspective they have going in. Uh, anyway, that went to four different areas. It, uh, needless to say, the new season has a more uniform style, but flashbacks and flash sideways and memories and stuff like that, or fantasies, sometimes are drawn by other people. And, you know, there's still off-model drawings to just amp up the drama and give us a weird camera angle sometime and a little treat for the eyes in between uh, some of the style. But one of the parts that's really beautiful about this new season is that there's uh, the background artist they got is really great, and it's made this painterly style i don't even know there's just color palettes that are great like a lot of my references and you guys have might have heard of me talk about this on other shows i'm really a huge fan of tatami galaxy and what they do with the backgrounds in that show um mm -hmm. I, I and uh, so there it doesn't look like that but i think like they took some influence from it because i was like hey check this out and you know i love in diamond is unbreakable how the sky's yellow so much you know like shit like that like i just wanted to like be able to fuck with that some and it, it it really gives a cohesion to the world visually that there's like a dedicated background style that's just really pretty on its own so after the first season came and went uh about how long until you knew you were gonna be doing another season I didn't know if I wanted to or not. I remembered when I had first talked about it with Mike Lazo and Matt Harrigan, I think Lazo had said, and it might have just, he might not even remember he said this, that's like, yeah, and if it does well, we'll make a serious version. And in my head, I'd always interpreted <laughs> that as, we'll reboot it as a serious show. So that was always in my head. Like, we'd just redo the same story dramatically. And I would be like, Machu Picchu Redux or something, like, you know, a fucking stupid Kingdom Hearts title. Uh and Ma then I Machu um, Picchu third mix. Yeah, third mix slash <laughs> F. <laughs> uh, but I remember I was I had a bunch of ideas I liked. Well, just of things I but, you know, I was always thinking, like, what's next? I just like it was like giving a, a baby. I told Christina Miller, you know, the old president lady of Cartoon Swim, adult 
you know, president lady. That's shitty of me. You know, Christina Miller. Great. Cool lady. Uh, regardless of anything. I don't know. I don't know what she did. I think the people don't like Teen Titans Go. <laughs> people attribute that to her. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I remember I told her, yeah, after at the premiere party, I was like, man, I kind of have postpartum, you know, because I put so much energy into this, like, for seven, eight months straight. And now it's over. And and she laughed. She thought that was so funny. But it was true. Like, it was kind of like I, I went through a breakup. I was dating the woman who played the flying bear, who's great. You know, we didn't meet through the show. I just used her for it because I think she's hilarious and funny. But, like, it was such a big change in my life to finish this show that it kind of, like, made me disconnect from everything. <laughs> like, and do, like, feel weird, you know? And and I also was like, what do I, what the fuck do I do next? You know, I did this weirdly impressive thing that some people would think is really cool. But, you know, I need to keep trying to make other shit. And I was jogging one day. A lot of my favorite ideas come when I'm jogging. And I just had the idea where I was like, oh, yeah, Makasu's dead. And arguably, <laughs> he's sinned against every religion. Also, afterlives are a big part of uh, spirituality, which is a big part of the show. The, the show is exists in a world where every religion is real. <laughs> and... So it would make perfect sense to be like Kratos suddenly and have a hell journey. Uh, and the first title in my head was Gamusetu Afterlives, you know, like, uh, uh, and then maybe it was Afterlife with an X. Like, I had a bunch of title ideas. And I came to Lazo with it. I gave him a whole outline. And this was in was within a month or two of the first one coming out. And he was all, that whole year, which is last year, he was kind of like done. You know, I think Machu Picchu is one of the few of his last big projects he was excited about. And then he was like, I'm retiring. Uh, and I uh, I brought him this big outline. And at first it included sports still. And uh, he was like, this reads serious. <laughs> it doesn't read like a comedy show. I was like, well, no, Laz, I promise it'll still be funny. Let me write you a script. So I wrote him a first episode, a 30-minute first episode, I think. And... Where and 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 then this old version, the first episode of Death Beats involved Makasu playing on a giant pool table with like skeletons and stuff and like uh, playing pool. And I think Lazo was like, he got that there was still some jokes in it, and he was like, well, you know, I don't think it should be about sports again, though. You already did that. And but he always admits he's like, granted, I'm real ADD. You know, that's me. I'm real ADD. I don't know. Maybe people want more of the same. And I was like, no, I think you're right. So then I had this idea that you'll see in the new season that's because it was it was shown in the April Fool's thing earlier this year that Makasu has the one of the only things he has with him after dying is an emerald blood ring that he uses to control his musical robot battle amphibian that he's never used before. But so it's kind of like a stand, you know, he just suddenly has this power. Uh, and I said, Mike, you're going to love this. Now it's about musical robots that all represent instruments and music and stuff. And he's like, that's great. <laughs> but, but then like, it, then he kind of disconnected though. He wasn't really caring as much. And I like had still had all these ideas and I had, uh, my good friend, Anna Thomas helped me write a couple scripts, but I was mostly doing it alone because I hadn't really gotten confirmed whether or not I should be doing it. And I went to my producers and they were kind of like, well, I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll ask for a budget. And I was like, okay, I still, I don't even know if it's approved or not. And I just started making it. I started, like, I recorded myself. Uh, there's only, like, four voices in the first episode. Uh, like, I just started making examples, 
you know, and starting to show them to Walter Newman and them at a certain point. And they're like, yeah, we think it's funny. Go ahead. Keep making it. <laughs> and I was like, OK. So that was like so I got the idea quickly and it was just like a slowish development process with little to no intervention for better or for worse. I will say if you watch these shows, both Machu Picchu and Death Beats, even though there's like clearly a lot of cool collaboration going on in terms of like different artists. And I, I think the way I direct actors is sometimes, you know, open to a lot of improv and fucking around. It's clearly like my brainchild. It's clearly not a writer's room full of people beating out the story beats, you know. And uh, in some ways, I think that makes it like, you know, some of these mangas that feel like they're made by an auteur, you know. But, you know, I think, like I said, better or for worse. They, they had a strange development process like that where it's mostly my brain baby. And then I ended up making it. When, is that a good answer? Yeah. <laughs> Is, is Death Beats uh, a play on Angel Beats? I think it's almost more of a play on Death Note. Fair. But I, it's, it's a play on both. I had also, it was a play on, what was this one that I had watched? Uh, there's like, I, I had also watched Death Parade, which I oh, really liked. yes. I, and I think I was like watching that show. while thinking about the idea. And uh, I was like, huh. So it was, it was a mix with that too. But like I said, like there was a bunch of versions of the title I went through. One was like a very elaborate, uh, what were they called? Acronym when they're like five letters that re represent something. I don't remember. Is that oh. an now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I would have been interested to see what that acronym was. <laughs> it was like G I T S, Glenouille instrument. It was like a really stupid. Oh man, if you had made it gets that wouldn't go over well <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly get was was to get that was that was part of the you know i don't know i'm a it's stupid because i don't really want to be controversial or inaccessible and i sometimes just am because <clears throat> i'm gross i do tmi i uh and i i, I think i'm just annoying to some people <laughs> And I've also, like, I've managed to take advantage of circumstances to, like, get my work out there. And sometimes it means it's cheap, but I think that is annoying to some people. To like, who the fuck, where does this guy get the right? He must think he's the best. And it's like, no, I don't. I just have to keep trying to make things because it makes me happy. And it, I like seeing other people get invested in it. You know, like, the thing that really made me want to make a second season is when I would see YouTube comments uh, in fact, I'll I'll look up one right now. Like, there's some comments on the first one, and we uploaded. I said I wanted the whole thing on fucking YouTube. Uh, I I uh, I there were some comments like about like oh, fuck. Uh, I gotta find one. Sorry for this. There's like basically like guessing like what would happen next to Makasu. <laughs> like oh they gotta do this. Uh. <clears throat> Like, it's Makasu's got to go to China and play football or something. Like, somebody said that. And there was, like, two or three people who said that. And I'm like, that doesn't happen in anything else. Uh, that's YouTube comments. That's, like, <laughs> that's the complete opposite of what I would expect. Yeah, there was some know, people like, are pretty excited. Encouragement to come from. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, no one's, like, watching, you know, we brought a family guy. Family guy's, you know great important car comedy cartoon show but no one's commenting you know what peter griffin's gotta go on a 
boat adventure to the Arctic, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> saying that, I'm really looking forward to that arc. But someone was like, oh, wow. Yeah, in the second season, he's got to do that. Family <clears throat> guy, a place further than the universe? <laughs> 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 oh yeah this one guy said i've watched this over 20 times now since makasu drank the ambrosia can we get a new series where he has to play chess chekumetu yorumuvu <laughs> i like it uh, and i was like oh that's cute but then like you know i decided to go like i like the idea of figuring out what happens to this guy next and since the first one is spoiler alert uh, uh, i i i planned one of the few things i planned from the beginning that stayed true was like i wanted it to be tragic I wanted a bittersweet ending because like Death Note, I really love I really love how that show is about like it's just so clearly what they tell us a tragedy is. Somebody's hubris leads to their downfall and you just see him having a meltdown that he can't keep up. What he thinks he's doing is perfect. And uh, the idea of uh, my character, you know, tragically falling victim to whatever he thinks he's in charge of. Um, that would that really appealed to me. I like I like the idea of a sad ending, and then I also I want but I wanted to like give him a chance to maybe redeem himself and learn some things or not in this new season. Hmm. Yeah, that I first feel like season. I'm going on Twenty tangents. It was we we do that here. <laughs> that, that first season, it's like it it starts out like kind of haha. That's you know that's awkward. That's funny. Haha. But as you continue to go through it, it's like, oh, man, this is a journey. This is a journey by the end of it. It's like it is an undertaking. <laughs> well, and that's what I like. And I think <clears throat> this season, though, it's more condensed and dense. And like definitely like I think it, when you be when you can watch the two episodes on a s Saturday night or whatever, like I think you can watch them on your their own, you know. Uh, maybe in the same way that Return to the House of uh, Mummies from Venture Brothers, you can kind of watch on its own, and you never need the first or third one because <laughs> they never made it. Uh, like I think if if you're willing to watch a show that's in the middle of it, like you know, I explain, I try to explain everything <laughs> over so many times in the fucking show because uh, I wanted to stand alone, especially if it's going to be an Adult Swim show. But now it's on Toonami, so who the fuck knows what I could. Uh, if it does well, if I could be like, well, do you guys want to make a legit just serialized show and it doesn't just have to be funny? Because I would love to do that. I would love to I would love the sense of humor to be a byproduct of a show that's about a journey or a world building or like, a, you know, just a, a, a canon that people get obsessive over. That's I, I think when Lazo once asked me at a lunch, what do you want? And I think I was like, I want people to get like as obsessed about something I've made that I've been about some of people's things, you know, <laughs> like I want there to be wikis where people are debating the retcons and like trying to figure out all the <laughs> dumb pieces that fit together. The shit that like in Rick and Morty, like, you know, I know they're like, they don't want to pay off too soon. Cause it's not really the point, you know, it's a sitcom mostly they're going to, but you know, like they're clearly like, that's not their goal. I want to make something where that's entirely the goal. And we don't really make cartoons like that in the States as much. Um, so th that's definitely like, I think even more so in the second season, like it, it feels like, oh, this is a journey. They're going somewhere. It's it's not just because the beginning of Machu Picchu is very much. You could, it could just be like, this is a crazy premise. <laughs> oh, boy, they're going to get the treasure. And then like it falls into the lore more and more instead of the lore just being a joke. It kind of like builds around it. And then we end up somewhere. 
But this one is very clearly we have stakes set early on and we know they have to go do something. Uh, hmm. That's not just like we're getting a pre- we're getting a treasure and we're fighting gods like there's like there's stakes and there's emotions. I think every episode has a lot of crying in it, which I love. <laughs> I love <laughs> people crying all the time. I think I'm very inspired by like those Attack on Titan episodes. I feel like. I might be misremembering this, but I think there's one in the first season where they're like cornered by the guards because he turned into the Titan, right? And I feel like the entire episode happens in Aaron's head <laughs> and he's just there and he's just like having a memories and crying. And that's like totally the vibe, even if that's not really how that episode works. Well, <laughs> Ar- idea, Armin like, was like screaming at them to try to reason with them. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's also a, a thing that's like, like you'll notice in Death Beats that makes it more like a show like that is, uh, you know, a lot of American cartoons. And I would say even Ballmasters has this for as much as it harkens to anime. Like there's a lot there's like A and B plots and then a lot happens and it wraps up. Right. In mm-hmm. uh, it, it, Machu Death Beats, even more so than Machu Picchu, like every episode is like a level in a video game. Like we're in one place and it happens unless we're having a memory or explaining something. It is in real time. Like we're barely jumping forward in time. It's it's like like a fight in Jojo's, except, you know, people screaming and crying at each other all the time. Like Jojo. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) It's a lot like it's basically Polnareff 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we can understand that. See, I'm, tr- I'm trying to speak in terms that are going to make the Toonami listeners who are on the fence interested in giving this a chance. You're like, you're, you're trying to get them, like, kind of sticking their ear over the fence. Oh, yeah. I oh. mean, it's kind of like, oh, if you thought Girl Chan in Paradise was funny, what if it actually had a plot? You oh. know, like, this has a plot, you know? <laughs> and that's not the shit on Girl Chan in Paradise. I mean, I'm I, you could argue that there are aspects of Machu Picchu, especially, that are, uh, you know, inspired or plagiaristic but you know it's a more ambitious version of that with my sensibility which i mean not only do i look like aaron hansen a little bit i think we're of the same generation (laughs) you know and he grew up on newgrounds when i was watching newgrounds so there's definitely i can't Mm -hmm. you know you can't deny that like oh yeah you know except that he came at it from an animator and was doing a lot of animation jokes his way and i think my animators did different animation jokes because i come at it more as a an editor, which is it's, as much as that seems like a stupid distinction, there's definitely uh, like I know where like, oh, the way that the dialogue overlaps and the way I use music and sound effects is very uniquely me. I know that and that uh, uniquely me in the sense that like I'm an, in a post Tim and Eric world and a fucking th- th- guy who likes all sorts of douchey films and uh and uh, you know like i was even though it was canceled there's parts of million dollar extreme where i'm like man that editing is fucking slick like you know there's that, that definitely that comes in which is different than just you know make and also i didn't want to just make fun of anime as much as i think some people might think machu picchu's making fun of it I, I i wanted it to be more like i don't know in fact everything i regret about it is the stuff that is more parody you know, I still think it's funny, but like I, in retrospect, I would not put any Japanese text randomly on the screen. Mm. Uh, I don't know, because I think there's a balance between Makasu's voice and, and I know Anna, my co-writer uh, with a lot of stuff. She wrote like she played Bucket and wrote most of Chapter three in Machu Picchu. Uh, 
she'd be like, no, Max, like, you know, you're doing a joke on the voice. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to me. It's not just a joke. It is. It's its own thing now. But like Makasu definitely is like I, I was watching with my girlfriend while I was writing it at the time, uh, Emily and I, the flying bear, we were watching my hero academia. And I remember I couldn't get too into it because the, we were watching the dub on Hulu and I was like, he just reminds me of like the joke joke I'm making. This character, this these ways whining and the way he talks, it's so annoying. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm making fun of. And it wasn't that it was bad. It was just like, like it was just, I, you know, I wasn't just, I don't know. I don't know. I think that contradicted itself mid-sentence, but maybe you'll appreciate what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I, think I, I think I get it. What would what yeah. would you say uh, the deepest cut anime references that you snuck in there? <sighs> so, yeah, because like you know, in the end, I didn't want to. I did build the first season more around tropes, and I do in the second season. Like I'm trying not to, though. I said like I think these robots are kind of like Pokemon, Digimon, or stands or something like that. Uh, I was trying. I think there's like the biggest reference in this new season. And it's barely references. I'm like, oh, I kind of want a scene that looks like Tetsuo in the Olympic Stadium looking over all the kids from the Akira manga. Like, that was like, that oh. was, but other than that, like, I didn't really, uh, I tried to be like, let's not reference shit too much, you know, not this time. Um, so yeah, in but in the season, first season, yeah. But in the first season, yeah, and I'll step back, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> I deflected and went somewhere else. Uh, um, fuck. Interesting I know, nonetheless. Anna, I know uh, Anna did a good job in the, the chapter three, just like we, when I gave her an outline of what to write, I was like, okay, like, uh, the bully, the arm wrestles with, uh, that was just Yu-Gi-Oh. I was just like, just like, cause the old, well, you know, I really like the, I had the original mangas of the Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. My stepdad took home from the library back before it was the American cartoon. So when it was just about punishing bullies. So that maybe that's the deepest cut. Like the bully is supposed to be like getting punished by Marcus. You know, it's mm. stupid like that. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm yeah I think to I think. got that vibe. Yeah. I'm trying to think fucking references. <laughs> I mean, I there mean, were the ones I, you I've, beat. I've talked about this one at. before. Like, I think the way, especially the first, the way Makasu explains how he wins things, whenever he says this was the best part of the trick, whenever he says that, that's me referencing how they explain references, uh, recipes in Food Wars. <laughs> yes. Every fight was solved like someone explaining something in Food Wars, where it's like it doesn't really fucking, like they're just explaining all this shit, and it suddenly means they won, you know? Well, that was the craziest part of the trick. I actually gave you this, and it turned out this, and it was a fractal thing that was reflecting on yourself, and then you lost, and you became blood. Now you've lost. <laughs> And that's why I'm so smart. And it was also, you know, I think that that worked into just his smugness and his disconnect and his lack of empathy is that everything was like, well, here's how it all works. And I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to think if there's any other real explicit references. There's lots of visual gags. Like I, I uh, instantly noticed the, the Kiki yeah, delivery service cute. pose. The I did. And I mean, the I very over request. I was just like, they just went for it, and I was like, sure, fine, fuck the, it. The very, very blunt Akira reference. That's like Tetsuo in that Akira movie. And that was so. That was a script. 
So I would say like 80 to 90% of the script that was written by me. That specific one was written by Chris Arison in our office, and he put in that joke. And I was like, I need to – I don't like having a reference just be blunt. That's So that's why I say it's like Tetsuo. <laughs> like I say it's just – I just explain it because I'm like, you know, I don't know. Because I like – I'm really mixed on references. I think our – we're all – around my age of 31 right i'm assuming are we a similar age group <laughs> yeah we're, we're peers here i feel like we grew up on like family guy robot chicken you're mm. the man now dog yeah. uh and oh, me. oh my goodness we grew up on this shit that's like relatable references and deep cuts and because yeah. of that like i'm kind of like i try to move away from it and be more like I don't know. It sounds douchey to say this, but like a little more cerebral and thematic with my vibes, you know, it's like I wanted the stories to stand on themselves. It was about like, but you know, there's some shit that just doesn't make sense at all. Like the inking God of death doesn't torment people with visions of what they did when they, of the people they killed. I don't, that's just what I ended up doing. But do they have big sexy eyes? I know. Right. I don't, that was just something I, I don't. I don't even know where that came from. I just liked to him having big, and that. But that was also <clears> one of those dumb twists. Turns out you have small eyes, <laughs> and that's the kind of shit I loved. I loved like Honey, ugly a fight eyes. being small. Yeah, a, a fight being solved <laughs> with a dumb twist. I mean, of course, like yeah, I was about to say, like a lot of the humors in the repetition of tiny, small, ugly, tiny. Uh, you know the way you say five words over. I don't know. Yeah, analyze what's funny or not. I don't know. Just around while we're on the subject of references, if I can directly ask you about one, which I realize uh, all of those like the the anime style openings take take probably uh, inspiration from a a slew of various existing ones. I would assume for sure. Uh, Yeah, you remember that one that's like bones, 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 bones. (laughs) Yeah, that one sounded an awful lot like I want to say the season three Attack on Titan yes, opening to me. That's exactly what I sent him. Okay, <laughs> I said, do it like this one, because <laughs> I was, and, and that's the one where like the credits was the weird. The credits one was the weird kids singing, right? <laughs> it was around that time, uh, but there was like a piano yeah, thing or something. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, there was definitely. I was. Yeah, I would say a lot of the deep references are like musical for those theme songs. I, the the hot dub dancing is uh, I, I I sent Rich and Tay. Uh, I sent them uh, sexy curry because I love that song. And that's uh, that's where he took the, that the, from. The food wars ending or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I, I will say I. There's not as many musical references this season because I feel like uh, the theme song made by Rakeem Miles is just kind of its own thing. None of those are really references this season like those theme songs were, except their soundtrack elements that when I gave Rich, when he started making the soundtrack, and we started working on the soundtrack before we got the budget because he was excited to do more. I was like, sure. I gave him the soundtrack to Police Knots. <laughs> and there was specifically like these songs with like these MIDI trumpets that I loved. So there's like this, uh, there's this uh, song he has, and I don't know what it's called in the final. I think I gave it a different name, but there's this song called Cyber Noir something that he made. I'll, I'll play it for you. Weird sni- Cyber Noir. And it's, it's completely just a rip on a police. That brought me a lot of joy. 
Nice. Oh, okay. Well, and there's a lot. I'm trying. I'm looking now at references now. Uh, there was an episode called Introns of History, one of the three-minute segments in Chapter 1. That's a reference to uh, uh, Solidus Snake in uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 <laughs> and the things he talks about. Uh, or maybe the robots at the end. I don't know. There's a lot of... I'm very inspired by Metal Gear Solid, clearly. Was <laughs> the uh, kitty-made outfit for Bendy Rivers inspired by Ferris from Steins yes. Gate? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I knew it. That is no entirely way. Ferris. In fact, uh, when trying to maybe do some video elements with maybe him in that costume, uh, <laughs> one of the things we ran into <laughs> legally was I couldn't just buy a Ferris costume. But yeah, oh. I'm a, I'm a huge spoiler alert. I don't know if you guys know. I really like the first season of Steins Gate. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think it's really great. <laughs> it makes me cry a lot. Mm. It's uh, definitely. Speaking of Bendy Rivers, um, we, there's a huge, definitely. Oh, that's a another really awesome voice He's... cast. Um, Wait, can we say what Bendy references? Let, 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 let me let me give you, Lupin, uh, What's the guy's name in Lupin the Third? Who's always chasing him? He's definitely. Zenigata. Yeah, he's Zenigata. That's definitely that was a reference for sure. <laughs> I'm just parodying. Okay. God, what a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Yeah, there's a big um, voice cast. <laughs> Sorry. Huge voice cast. Like you got. The Benjamin Rivera, good good friend of ours, mm. to do Bendy Rivers. Uh, Rebecca as the chair umpire, which I think is definitely one of my favorite characters. I do, I do, I do, and if I, I've actually. Well, first of all, I'll say Lazo loved Bendy Rivers so much that he named his horse in Red Dead Redemption after him. <laughs> uh, good name for a horse. Yeah, it is. Uh, I have this sad, sad repeating thing where Rebecca, who I, I think is one of my favorite voice talents I've ever worked with, everything I put her in, she like dies by the end. <laughs> I never give a role that just continues. And she has, once again, in this season, she has a, 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 a bit part role in a couple episodes with a British accent. Uh, the, the, the character she plays in this season does end up being important to the canon in the larger historical sense, which I'm excited for. But yeah, I think she does so good as the chair umpire. And there's so many lovely little accidents, which are totally like to blow smoke up my own sphincter, like my style, you know, when we like edit weird mistakes in there and like the way Rebecca gets confused. And like, I tell her like, you know, there's that line in chapter four where I'm like, did you pass gas? And then she just repeated me like in the recording booth. She's like, did I pass gas? What? She like gets confused at what I'm telling her to say while we're doing it. And I just like, it just makes the character so much better. Always nervous. <laughs> Always nervous. The damn chair. <laughs> <laughs> I love, and I loved, I loved it. I don't know. I just had so much fun with the idea of, I was like, and it was one of those stupid things where I'm just like looking up. I don't know anything about tennis other than Mario tennis. <laughs> and I look up, like, what are the umpires called? Chair umpires. Oh, what if it was a chair? Like, I'm working so fast, that's just what had to happen. And it, it worked out, you know? I I wouldn't say always your first idea is the best. I think a lot of people would say, no, you should go with your sixth idea. But sometimes I think, like, if you get in practice, you, your first idea is at least a third idea, because you don't go for the obvious idea in the same ways as much. The obvious idea would be to have a real umpire and would be to make this whole thing a lot more jockey, you know, which it's not at all. Like there's there's almost nothing really 
<laughs> macho about Makasu at all. Uh, <laughs> and the chair umpire being a chair, though it seems obvious, is not like obviously like the first thing that would ever happen. It's, I just heard that Chinese cartoon that's on Netflix right now, Over the Moon or whatever. I just heard um, that, that there's a ping pong battle between a moon goddess and the main character for a piece of treasure in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking through the original outline I wrote to see if there's any other weird references I don't remember. <laughs> that's, that's all right. And which uh, which yeah. which number idea was uh, the homophone? I, <laughs> once again, once again, a lot of that shit was because I was working so quickly. And I was like literally on a work trip on the airplane writing things and then seeing what made me laugh when I read it again later, you know? I love uh, the wordplay. It, yeah, it's that, really it's, stupid. It's hilarious that you're like, nah, let's, let's, let's not have that. Let's not do it. That's stupid. <laughs> and when it was great, because Jono, who does the voice of it, yeah. and I make jokes about it, like, was a person in the office, and, and we did have a joke, like, yeah, I haven't put you in anything yet, and now I'm just making you a gay phone. <laughs> That's interesting. That's funny. <laughs> let's roll with it, you know? I don't know. <laughs> What's he do nowadays? He's acting. Oh, he's really? Like acting. He's like he was in like something Ron Howard made, I think. Like, like he's oh, wow. trying to do things, uh, and good for right. him. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I would say. And now I remember another reference. Porridge, the one about uh, the woman who makes rice porridge. Now uh, that's a tragic story. Ends up be- yeah, she ends up being the wife of the bocce ball teacher, mm. <laughs> who I think is one of my favorite roles, played by John Carnage. Because he couldn't say the word bocce. He's dyslexic, and he kept saying machi. <laughs> he just could never say it right. It was really funny to me. But no, uh, what's that that movie, like, Six Inches of Rain a Second or whatever? Well, the same person who made Your Name, is that the movie? Five centimeters per second? Five centimeters per second. So Makote Shinkai, he also made that series of shorts on Netflix. Uh, what was that called? Um... Was it Weathering with You? Is that it? Well, Weathering with You is his latest movie. No. Yeah, what's what's the one? There was something... Maybe he didn't make this. Some... I don't think he did. Then who made this? Fuck, I'm a moron. I thought it was him. But there was like three stories about... Oh, yeah. Modest Heroes, maybe? No, no, no. It was that, it was that other thing that was on Netflix. Gosh, what was it called? Crispin Freeman was in it. Flavors of Youth, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. That sounds right, yeah. No, I was completely wrong on the director. It was directed by three directors, and they're Chinese. I'm a moron. Anyway, <laughs> I apologize. Well, well, to be fair, I think they were aping Makoto Shinkai style pretty they did hard. did feel like it. But that first one about the rice noodles. Oh, just, yeah. That was, I mean, it's kind of a deep reference, but that's like what my inspiration was. It's like, okay, mm. yeah, this person thinking about their porridge that they grew up eating <laughs> but then she kills herself <laughs> it was a sad story yeah that was <laughs> i i also have another question um you, you got the incan god of, of of tennis who basically looks like dave yet yes dave well, first of all he's the french god of tennis he's french god of moved tennis. To the Incans oh. because okay. France abolished re- uh, religion right, in 1968 because right. <laughs> <Yeah>. of socialism. <laughs> but Dave doesn't voice him. No, I, so, I was so when I was by that <laughs> when I was originally making the shorts with Clara, 
So you guys know, like you've probably maybe seen Tender Touches. Dave and I kind of look like the characters. And there's a bunch of other things we've done on our Blood Feast crossword stream on adultswim.com where like we would just, when we'd make short videos for the stream, like we'd make characters that looked like us. Like we had one episode where we just live animated us as kind of Miyazaki looking characters and we just cut between different computer shots of, you know, like, but we'd always just do things where it's different interpretations of us. There was clay versions of us once, finger puppets, you know, so many dumb things. And um, so Dave was in Japan when I made this idea on a trip with his wife. And because he was gone, I was like, oh, I'm going to make this. It's going to look like him, but someone else is going to voice him because he's not here. So it's oh, like okay. this. there was a meta narrative to it. That's only for me and for people watching Blood Feast that week when I first made it and, and the weeks after maybe. But like it, yeah. it was about me making something without him in it. <laughs> like that was uh, that was the thing. And, and then, you know, the design just stuck. Yeah, I do remember Dave going to Japan. And I, that might even be that why I decided to make the quote-unquote anime joke then because he was in japan <laughs> like it's a bunch of like dumb coincidences of just me making something but that's that's like a lot of shit you know like that's why people carry around notebooks and just write down ideas and the ones that stick are the ones that they pursue yeah and the god of tennis also his his design just it kind of seems like a jojo character interesting i don't see clara who drew the main original like four or five characters like Makasu got a tennis flying bear. I don't know what we'll have to ask her during the rewatch Upichu event. I don't know what her influence was for it. <laughs> I don't she just because she's not really someone who watches anime, you know, mm. like uh, I, have, I have a video on this computer I just dug up. That was like a, the original shorts. Like there's a lot of tracing. We just found some drawings and we drew on top of them and just and I was like, man, we just need to put action backgrounds between on, on but behind a freeze frame of Makasu hitting something so she just like traced people playing tennis and put and it was just the idea was it's a drawing of me with anime eyes and then you know with really minimal animation i don't know since you uh you you mentioned the the french pantheon real quick i just wanted to mention that a couple of my favorite like passing one-liners i guess are uh woody allen god of marrying daughters <laughs> and uh was it Roman Polanski, God of Pedophiles? That was also a big illegal SMP thing where uh, I had to negotiate what I could say there. Oh, had, wow. Because I couldn't. I Originally, they were both God of Pedophiles, and it was like a rep repetition joke. Uh, Roman Polanski, God of Pedophiles. Woody Allen, God of Pedophiles. They had two God of Pedophiles. Because the French. That would have been funnier. Those directors. Um. <laughs> And my dad and his wife get in arguments about, like, what he excuses of directors he likes, you know? Mm. And uh, I thought that was funny. But <laughs> technically, Woody Allen has never been arrested for pedophilia, so you can't call him that. Well, but, good, good save. And, and uh, <laughs> but then I was fighting, was like, well, so I could, could I censor it? Like, you know, there's all this back and forth. And in the end, because Roman Polanski had gotten like arrested in Europe for sucking an underage woman, uh, which is hilarious, isn't it? Uh, no, it's not. But because of that, I could say that, and I could tie it in later with my boys from Brazil. That I love Big that line. Pedophile joke, you know. 
but I'm no god of pedophiles. <laughs> yeah, a little good little tie-in. It ties it all together. It's a payoff, you know? It's a payoff for a pointless one-liner. I mean, there is something uh, in and of itself amusing enough about God of Marrying Daughters. <laughs> it's, it's weirdly it's specific. Like, yeah. What do the French love? Well, and I've always... That comes from me. Like, you know, I do think... I mean, I feel like... Uh, I think a lot of people uh, sexualize young people too much. I think it's... <clears throat> we, we probably all do, you know, in some ways. You know, there's a bunch of weird societal shit around... Uh, and it probably comes from historically people maybe dying young and you needing to fuck when people are fertile. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of weird shit around that. And I do. I've always noticed like in French movies, there's always pretty young women. <laughs> and it's always like a little weird to me, like the way the how horny they are for their women actresses in a way that's just a little more blatantly sexual than in America where we're kind of a little puritanical but also horny. I don't know. It's, it's just a little different. So I was that's kind of where that came from. It's a tiny bit of social commentary, but not really. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't really have anything like I feel like I'm an expert on to say about all that. So I just like I try and get like a little influenced, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Very cool. Hey, V-Lord, what you got? Oh, I do not know. Hmm. <laughs> I got so a like, boner. That's what he has. I probably have that. But not, very awkward one. probably like, answer, ask like, most of the questions I wanted to ask. <laughs> Sorry. There is uh, something I did want to ask, but there hadn't really been a good time to bring it up. Was uh, What was the budget for those uh, action figures? And is there a possibility of ever being able to buy one? <laughs> I don't think it was a huge budget. It was a guy, uh, I forget his name, cool, weird man, uh, who I think he did a lot of the practical stuff for, like, uh, Your Pretty Face. So they're all, like, one-off, you know? <laughs> like, I think we looked into, like, getting stuff manufactured, but this was, like, their best way. Uh, I think it would be cool to make more. I, I think they're too big to really sell oh, like they are pretty in big. person if you Maybe. see them they're pretty fucking big it was just because like he kind of found these other toys and he built on top of them and stuff hmm. uh they look yeah, I, pretty good in my opinion they, they look awesome i love them I, it was i sent that picture into the uh gamisetu chat because <clears throat> i uh picked up some shit at my office and i just took looked at them again i was like man these are cool and i gave like you know emily has her flying bear ty who played god of tennis has the god of tennis rebecca's got the chair umpire one it was a, it was a nice gift to give to the actors i think i, I think i mailed robbie his uh josie ryuko bully guy um were there yeah. multiple moccasins or did you just keep changing the outfit i kept changing the outfit <laughs> yeah that's what i thought <laughs> That's that's great. I I love the payoff of that gag at the very end. That was I got such a huge laugh out of that. It's fun. It was a fun. Oh, what the toy burns him to death. And I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I don't remember exactly how that came through. I don't even. What did I originally send Nick Gibbons when I? Because Nick Gibbons wrote those scripts, but I like I I gave him like an outline for ideas. I think at one point, and I, I don't even remember what I told him anymore. Cause like, you know, they were in the outline as okay. Toy ad, you know, cause that's one of the things you could do. If it's six yeah. hours, you'd be like this three minutes is a toy ad. And in the end, three minutes was way too long. And I ended up trimming them a lot. 
Um, oh yeah, you but, have uh, a three minute toy ad. Yeah, but but you know that's I was just trying that at first, you know. Uh, okay, so obviously the black and white cards are a common thing with Adult Swim, but I have a feeling that the black and white cards during that were not a typical Adult Swim black and white card. They were all real except for the last one that I wrote. Okay, yeah, the last one definitely seemed like a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was just like, I don't even remember what I wrote in it. It was just like, uh, what's what am I doing? Who am I? I'm looking around. I just wanted people to be confused by the end. That was always my goal, is that like I was going to have a weird thing that hopefully coincided almost with the sun rising, depending on where you lived, and... Uh, that was like the, like, a, like, you know, it was supposed to end around sunrise, like six in the morning. Uh, and the sun burns Makasu to death and it's kind of hopeful, but not, you know, like he's, the sun does need to keep burning. It's a very like, <laughs> like a, a more jovial dark souls ending. <laughs> uh, and I really like the music doc made and I just like, you know, like you, you guys have seen it, but like I put, I found some old documentaries about the sun and put some. Like there's like this old video where the sun talks. That's why he's talking there with sound effects and multiple animators. In fact, uh, Molly Wright, who animated a lot of the door and sun zooming in shit, uh, her animation was accidentally covered by the animator at Awesome Inc. So that's why the style changes so much there. Is it's one time it's her version, and then it's the animators at Awesome Inc. Who for some reason I don't know why they thought they had to reanimate it. <laughs> Oh, but it was funny. Um, hmm. And uh, but yeah, I wanted it to be like this, this weird cacophony of strangeness. Uh, well, that just ended like an episode of Off the Air. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm like that's the shit. Like my version of the teaser that's out for this show is definitely it's a lot more like Evangelion than what like you know most teasers and trailers they're gonna make are. Uh, that's <laughs> definitely like a vibe I want to go into. If anything, sometimes I wish these episodes could have been twice as long. So I could just m m take more time. You'll you'll see the season's really densely packed. A lot happens at once. Sometimes, maybe not, but maybe yes. Yeah. I remember my initial impression of watching it on April Fools' that night was it was tuning in. It's like, oh, cool! It's like an anime parody. All right, huh? This is pretty interesting. It's this is still going. This is still going. <laughs> How long is this? Is this going to go the whole night? <laughs> I like that. And that was, I guess that was the joke. Yeah, <laughs> that was, I think so. That was the joke as it keeps going. And I did like the layering of like, uh, this is me complimenting my own joke, but I was like that, that uh, it said next time on and made you think that next week there was going to be more. Or that was over. And then it kept going. And that the fact that the credits happened before it ends. <laughs> I like that part a lot, too, that there's like two minutes of credits an hour before the whole thing ends. <laughs> and that's and the, the kind of shit like it's hard to do now that it's like a show show ish. Like, you know, it's still me. It's still weird. It's still stream of consciousness in some ways. It's still what I'm nerdy about. And if that's what people are interested in, hopefully they have fun with it. But like, I can't do a <clears> thing as easily or maybe i'm too nerdy about the premise maybe this is a mistake who knows i mean maybe or maybe there's an alternate version of this second season that's more like this but like i made the decision to not do something it's not a show where suddenly there's credits and you're fake out ending it's not like it's not a show that's fucking with the medium 
because it's not in a format that's fucking with the medium, you know? Uh, it's in the format of, like, these are episodes. This is a story. So I'm hoping the evolution of the sense of humor and the character development and the art style and the world building attracts people. Arguably, it should attract more people because it's not just some weird, strange, oh, it's going all night joke where you can make crazy decisions out of nowhere in terms of format. But who knows? Maybe it also loses all its all its charm. Mm. I think it will definitely feel a little different while also the same, which is good. Like, you know, I kind of like we've talked about JoJo's a lot or I have, I guess. I kind of like that about the different arcs in JoJo's. Um, I like I like I like uh, I like uh, anthology vibes because it allows you to have something serial, but you don't need to fucking plan seven seasons in advance. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I like I like that. And get disappointed like Lost did for a lot of people. You know? Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do not have to go back. Uh, but <laughs> uh, oh boy, <laughs> just just my train of thought just got completely derailed. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, this this has been fun. <clears throat> This has been fun. I hope so. You guys are very nice. Thank oh, you for thank letting you. me talk too much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. I feel, I don't, I don't know about everyone else, but I feel like I would read like a series Bible for a <laughs> game of set too. Well, I mean, and honestly, there's like, it gets more dense and interesting. I think, like I said, this season's very dense and I definitely, like there's so much shit I avoided talking about about makasu in the first season like we don't really know much about him other than the main gimmick right so i feel like this season we delve a tight we stick our toes are in very blatant you know expository ways sometimes but like we get little glimpses of hmm. the uh, the grander universe there's shit that's like one-off gags in season one that are now in my head uh huge parts of the lore of this world and I don't know why. They don't make sense, honestly. <laughs> the specific thing I'm thinking of is there's no reason this thing should exist. But also, there's no reason that you should be playing sports against gods. So, like, it's one of those things where it's like we just accept it. It's just that's the way things are. But there's some, uh, yeah, I don't know. And um, my various plans for other spinoffs and anthologies are... Uh, even wilder in building on that. But also, hopefully, like, my argument to them would be, like, you don't have to see any of the previous seasons. This one's 70 years in the future, suddenly. But, you know, it ties together. I don't know. Hmm. Or 200 years in the past. Because there probably are going to be some people that are a little apprehensive about jumping right into season two. Hey, they can just go fuck... Uh, what we're making, hopefully, there's, like... Uh, <laughs> they can just go the fuck themselves. <laughs> They can go fuck themselves. You know what they can do? They can go find a machete and take off two fingers and put those fingers up their ass and live with it. Live with that decision. They picked this life and they will pick their own ass until they die. Um, that sounds like a fun time. Uh, no, I, 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 first of all, the first episode pretty much recaps all you need to know. And also, because it's a big plot point that Makasu's dead, and be, because of that, the universe is in it, the state it's in. That's reiterated all the time. Like that's like you know, like, and uh, most of the characters are completely brand new. You know, so like you don't really need to, 
know them. I did like, see the bully in the in the trailer. There, Mr. there Mr. is. Noodle there are some unexpected returners. <laughs> um, but I also I'm hoping there should be a pretty almost serious recap video coming out for social media before the show comes out that just like explains mm. the world briefly and explains the first season. And also then retcons and throws other information in there. <laughs> but it's like a minute and a half, and it's animated by one of my favorite theme songs, just musically. And I think Rich did a great job in all of them. But I really like the Like a Sports Ball song. Like, I feel like it's a bop. Mm. When they're like, I want uh, like a sports ball. Anyway. Uh, um, I hope they like play that during the Promise Neverland marathon on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> they they got some extra time to kill. They do. Oh man, I like that show though. Promise it's great. Neverland. It's great. I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to the second season. I think I'm gonna watch Blue Submarine number six tonight, guys. I've never seen it. Oh, that Ooh, is nice. that is a tsunami classic. Finger quotes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking after the tsunami bracket, which just happened. I was just talking with Christy and Evan about like which shows we haven't seen that we recommend to each other on this list. Oh. And that was one Christy recommended. Oh, Christy recommended Blue Submarine. Yeah. I think oh, it's yeah. on like Crunchyroll or something. Yeah, it's, it's also on Amazon Prime. I have yeah. Amazon Prime. I yeah. asked for the company to give me a Crunchyroll account, and they said, well, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> they got to work on that synergy. So that's a new song I'm working on for Crunchyroll. <laughs> yeah. Is there a fifteen dollar tier of Crunchyroll? Or is it cheaper? I don't know. I thought it was like nine ninety nine. The top tier is. The top oh the top is it tier. Like a OnlyFans or a Patreon or something. Nobody needs the OnlyFans Crunchyroll. And you know what? I bet all the fucking <laughs> hentai artists are like, dude, we've been essentially doing OnlyFans for the longest time. Because well, aren't there like a bunch of subscription like Jab Comics that's been doing subscriptions for like twelve years? That's the deep cut references. I should put fucking eye poppy references in my show. Then people will like that, it. Why not? That reminds me, you talking about like Bible Black. And yeah, stuff. it's <laughs> big influence. Big it's influence. like, oh man, we're mentioning yeah. Bible Black on Adult Swim. I love this. <laughs> Those segments with you just kind of talking about stuff. Is pretty- I, I think it's hilarious because like, you know, Bible Black keeps on coming up. On like you know, tsunamis social media in pre-play because people keep on voting for Bible Black, and I'm like, what is going on? That's a meme. It is a meme. It's great. And to me, it wasn't like I don't even think it was ever a meme. I just think it's something back in the day when watching porn online was just like five second clips at a time. Quick time movies. I remember finding like excerpts of scenes of Bible Black. Uh, Not even seeking that. That was just like under like, you know, when I was younger, I was into hentai more. You know, I don't think I'm against it now, but uh, I'm 31. You know, (laughs) it's different. It's what I masturbate to is a little different. (laughs) And you can send that to Phil Lamar. (laughs) I'm sure he would appreciate it. Samurai jack off on my face. Oh. Samuel Jackson appreciates it. So. Samuel Jackson likes hentai? Yeah. He is, there's some video of him talking about it, yeah. 
how's this go? trying to do songs for metal gear for vamp yeah that was metal gear yeah <laughs> i once saw a great naruto music video with that song i was like oh you're, you're just playing all these great emotional moments from naruto to this emotional metal gear music this is it Something yeah, like pretty close. Sorry, I'm I'm annoying. No, that that was lovely. <laughs> yeah, if you want to make the music for the podcast, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's gonna be choral. It's gonna be like uh, th- we'll do it like this. Okay, let's go. It'll be like this. Something like that. That's that's the whole thing. You can put it in. You're listening to sketch your. <laughs> Guys, I'm just a talent. <laughs> you are. Oh, fucking kill me. <laughs> I smell so bad. You think of this Scott Pilgrim with the... What's his name? The talent. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Stills, that's it. He's the talent. Max, you're the talent. Thank you. It's great to be talented. <laughs> Subjectively, you know, I'm not for everyone. Yeah. I lose you don't like it. What, what is for everyone, for really? What is for everyone? I don't know. Mm. Uh, apparently the masked singer. <laughs> oh. Everyone loves that. When are you going to get on the masked singer, Max? Oh, probably never. <laughs> I would sooner win an Oscar than be on the masked singer. <laughs> I remember... Well, I think what would you Oscar, win the Oscar for? I don't know. But last, uh, last Oscar night, which was uh, notoriously both the Oscars and the Super Bowl I hosted, but I kicked everyone out like early because <laughs> then Jay and my friends would get so mad at me. But I think that the Oscars are happening, and I was like, you know what? There's a non-zero chance I could try. You know, like set your goals high. I was in my head being like, maybe someday I'll make a movie. Maybe I could be nominated for an Oscar. And Jay was like, why the fuck would you say that? I was like, fuck you. There's a non-zero chance. I have more of a chance than some people do. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the industry. Who knows what could happen? Maybe I'm gonna get fuck you, Jay. I'll get an Oscar. <laughs> For my new film, Gemusetu Highest Noon. Mm. Mm. It's a cowboy version. You guys have probably heard me So when you that. finally get to give your speech, you're going to be like, fuck you, Jay. I'll be like, you know, I had a little a little noodly mousy friend named Jay who kind of slouched around, slurped around. He said, you couldn't do this. I got the proofs in my pudding, bitch. And I'll have like this cozy shack rice pudding and I'll fucking... Bukaki the Oscar statue with it. <laughs> Very and then I'll have to admit Jay Rubin died a few years earlier. <laughs> oh. Oh. Too bad he's not alive to see this. Ugh. He fell on top of that car from a 20-story building. Snake's got his revenge. Snake's got his revenge. <laughs> Snake's revenge. Uh. Snakes, uh, snakes, it goes in and out of using social media. He yeah, disappeared I mean, recently. 
I don't yeah. know where it is. I think I'm blocked everywhere. But he's probably <laughs> one of the main reasons I ended up making Machu Picchu. He pushed me to keep doing it. Oh, and there you I, go. I appreciate him a lot because it made me excited about yeah. it. Well, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> Thank you. And I hope you guys enjoy this next season. And if you don't, that's okay, too. <laughs> so maybe you will. I think I think I like it. I think I like it. I think I like it a lot. I think like there's some episodes I'm like, that's solid. I like that. But what are you going to do if uh, people watch the second season and like, you ruined it. You ruined it. It was beautiful before, but you ruined it. I don't know. I, I, I think I would understand. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get what you mean. <laughs> Really sold out on this I'll give up. Mm. I sold out. I don't think I sold out, but I could see them, you know, people, even for like a niche property like this, you know, people have ownership over what they want things to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So So should people have that ownership? That's a question. I don't know. I try to, and going back to Lost, it's part of the reason that like I could watch it all the way through is like, if I'm enjoying something enough, I'm just going to keep going with it. I'm not going to try and think about it too much. Like, there's a lot to think about that I'll be excited about, but I won't try and be like, is this what this should have been? You know, mm-hmm. granted, you know, there's plenty of shit I critique, but, you know, even Borat 2 came out. I know some people were like, well, it, I don't like this part like this. And I'm like, well, man, it's the movie he wanted to make, though, dude. And he worked with a bunch of people and it became what it is. And I, I you know, like it, things are what they fucking are at a certain point. You know, they're the vision of a lot of people working together, trying to figure something out and uh, uh, take it as it is. Learn from it for yourself and hopefully they learn from it. But like at a certain certain levels, I think it's like you can't complain about what Borat should or should not have been. Right. It's just going to be when it's what the, it fucking was, you know, that that just reminds me of my complete disappointment in Pacific Rim 2. <laughs> I I never I didn't watch either of them so oh I could see, I could first see one's it. great it's, it's a lot of fun I, I I say that and I feel like you know Westworld lost me and I, I even mm-hmm. think this I think Lovecraft Country kind of lost me by the end of the season I was kind of like uh, that was another one I was like there's so much music how do they pay for all this music <laughs> all these people are working mm-hmm. so hard <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've probably said too much. Now, we usually ask this of uh, people that uh, are voice actors that work on various popular anime. But uh, if if you could get a, a show not your own on, on Toonami, what, what would it be? Like one that already exists now? Yeah. Huh. I would love, I think I would have a fun time playing a demon in Promised Neverland. Mm. That would be cool. Whatever they are. Demons? I don't even know what they are. I think the official name is just Demons. Mm. And uh, I would love to be in the dub for Stone Ocean. <laughs> oh. I would love to be uh, whatever his name, the Churchman. Oh, Poochie? Oh, Poochie. I would love to be Poochie. I don't even know anything about happen. Stone Ocean, but I want this to happen. Make me Poochie. <laughs> And I'll and I'll say it exactly like Homer's version of Pooch from The Simpsons. <laughs> no, uh, Stone Ocean's pretty good. You should read it. And I think you guys or somebody was telling me I should read the spinoff stories, the the alternate universe stories, like Jolie Lolo or whatever. I feel like the manga guy. People talking about. I mean, they're good. Yeah. The JoJo manga. Then I will read them. <laughs> mm. All right.
Yeah, it's a shame they can't play The Great Pretender because Netflix. Oh, that would be so perfect, though. Oh, it would be. It's very good. I had so yeah. much fun with that. Yeah, I love. I liked that a lot. Waiting for that second half. I one more watched month. it. I just watched it with subs. <laughs> <laughs> that bad? Am I a bad person? Uh... I mean, with Netflix, you tech. Do you do you have a Netflix subscription? I mean, doesn't everybody? But... Yeah, it's, I think that's one of the only things I use. That's my mom's. I think if she you... uses my HBO Max subscription. <laughs> the HBO Max. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. I watched that. I was talking about it a lot on Fish Center earlier this year. I watched that Ninety One Days show. I think I liked it. That oh, was it's so good. strange. I don't know. It was so weirdly arguably maybe offensive to italian americans <laughs> so weird all the names is, uh, are such bastardizations that's honestly it? a show that i was kind of wishing that toonami had uh managed to catch a glimpse of and tried to air yeah i thought i thought, I thought it would have been I, interesting I was, fit. i was hooked on it and it you know it has like a weirdly like oof like i don't know how to feel ending you know like oof. <laughs> yeah yeah but which i like but they make lasagna out of a bad guy. <laughs> yes! That's not, well, a bad guy makes lasagna out of a bad guy. They're both yeah. bad. Yeah, well, they're definitely. <laughs> Do you know what I have on my computer right now? That scene? Yeah. Did you know that already? <laughs> I, did, I did know Shoot that. Shoot to the man! <laughs> I forget what you showed that on. It might have been the bracket. Uh, <laughs> the great one. Yeah. That is because <laughs> you get that guy's like, ah, oh, too much butter, not enough butter. It's like, here, let me just feed you this. Wow. Oh, this is actually pretty good. That's a person. Oh, <laughs> should I watch uh, all of Made in Abyss? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's quite I feel good. like the fact that they're little kids puts me off a little <laughs> like, mm. It, but I'm like four episodes in, and uh, you know I'm kind of enjoying it. Yeah, it's. I heard the movies were good, you know, so I was yeah, like, the, the movies are definitely good, and uh, sometimes hard to watch. <laughs> so that you gotta kind of go into that. What is uh, Duelist's uh, roommate described it as like? It's it's like if every episode of Full Metal Alchemist was the Nina episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is surprisingly accurate <laughs> yeah yeah it is and uh speaking of uh duel's roommate we were watching uh Gimaseta with her for a while and it's like you know i think i could probably handle this in like smaller doses but you know the way it's formatted in these long episodes is a bit much to which Julius replied, I think the point was for it to be a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely, yeah. Also, you could just watch three minutes at a time, though. Yeah, you could do that. They're like quibbies. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that reference is going to date itself. <laughs> no more than other things, uh, I suppose. <laughs> listen. Stone Ocean, the stars of it are me as Poochie, and we got Hard Rock Nick. He's going to play a role. Let's get him happening. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Max. This has been an enlightening conversation. I, I really appreciate that. That's sweet of you to say, and you guys have been very nice and pleasant to be around, and I hope you guys have fun recording the rest of your podcast. 
Yeah, well, probably. It won't be nearly as interesting. Just kind of down to business. But yeah, we are looking forward to uh, the 2 a.m. premiere of Gimizetto Death Beats on November 7th. This time, it's not about tennis. Tell your family to watch it if you think they'll like it, but don't force them to watch it if you don't think they'll like it. <laughs> That's very practical. <laughs> I'm and sure the family will be up at 2 a.m. Just find me a wife, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all of us on this podcast right now are feeling that. <laughs> Make it so... <laughs> All righty. Well, I'm going to go eat my pizza. <laughs> Thanks, oh, guys. This oh, is it's a gotten too cold. It's not cold. Hit me up on Discord if you have any additional requests or questions. I hope my pizza's not cold. You're right. But I can always microwave it and watch Blue Submarine number six on my TV. Yeah. See if I trust uh, Christie's recommendations. <laughs> well, it's certainly an interesting uh, post-apocalyptic story involving fish people. You know what? Fucking a lot of the great post-apocalyptic-ish animes, it's just like YA books, but for boys, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. Mm. Even I mean, though bitches, bitches love that anime, too. This is the one... Yeah, I'm not going to say what I'm about to say. Uh, but I only, I only like dating women who like anime. Really? I, for the most part, I think, yeah, all my, all my girlfriends like anime. <laughs> huh. I mean, that's cool. I'm not really setting that bar at that, (laughs) but it would, it would be, it would be a bonus for sure. I have been with some real cuties who like, uh, know more about Dragon Ball than me. All righty. Well, I'll see you guys. Thanks. Take care, man. Thanks. John blood feast tomorrow. Yeah. Oh boy. I got to work again. (laughs) Bye. Boy. Take care. All right. Well, that was a lovely conversation that we that we had with Max. <laughs> For sure. But we uh, we got some regular tsunami news to talk about, so we're just gonna go ahead and do that. And that being, we have the schedule for November seventh, the full schedule. We've had it for a little while since uh, we didn't get around to recording this quite as soon as I would have preferred. But you know, gotta make. I there's no way I was gonna have this conversation with Max without finishing that because, well, one thing he he would have uh, spoiled some things for me, but <laughs> yeah. So that schedule is as follows. We have Dragon Ball Super at uh, midnight, still in reruns, of course. At 12.30, we have The Return of Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of the Underworld. Insert extra title here. (laughs) It is the remaining 11 episodes of that story arc. And uh, as I have said on this podcast before... It's pretty wild. <laughs> pretty wild. What is a good sketch? Good is... That's a subject... Subjective. Subjective. <laughs> I... There are definitely things that I like about it. And then there are other things about it that I'm like, okay, we're doing this. 
sure, sure. Why, why not? But taken both of those feelings at once. Taken as a whole, I I did enjoy watching those eleven episodes, and I I think there's going to be lots of fun stuff to talk about when it's airing. But I mean, is it good writing? Probably not. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but there are things from the very beginning of sword art that uh, pay off in various ways. So if you're somebody who really likes to uh, sink their teeth into the lore of various things and remember various details from previous arcs, you're going to, you're going to have to find some fun stuff to, to chew on with this one. Also a uh, lovely cameo from characters from the movie that Toonami has not aired. <laughs> so, yeah, that happens. <laughs> and it was it was a neat little thing, because I've seen the movie. I was like, oh, cool, those characters. Wasn't expecting that. That is not in the books, obviously. So that was uh, also a surprise for Alex Von David when it happened. So. <laughs> and don't worry, we will definitely be talking to him about it. He says there are stories to share about the recording process, which oh, I'm sure would be quite interesting. Oh my. I've gotten sidetracked oh, wow. about telling what the uh, actual schedule is. So as a recap, Dragon Ball Super still at midnight. Uh, Sword Art Online returns at 1230. Returning to 1 a.m. is Fire Force with the premiere of Season 2. Moving down to 1.30 is Assassination Classroom. That is a bit of a demotion and I'm not thrilled about it, but what are you going to do? At 2 a.m., the show that we spent so much time talking about, Gemuseto Death Beats. That being the second season to Gemuseto uh, Machu Picchu. And uh, yeah, we talked a lot about it. And at 2.30, still got Naruto Shippuden. And at 3 a.m., reruns of Demon Slayer, which is a fine show to rerun. Indeed. That's a pretty stacked lineup, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. I'm personally not so thrilled that Game of Seto has to <laughs> languish at 2 a.m., but uh, I guess that's what you do when Sword Art's ready. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. know, if they could have just gotten rid of Dragon Ball Super, we both know that's never happening. <laughs> or like, Uh-oh. give eleven thirty back to put Dragon Ball or... Super in that slot. Yeah, put Super, you know, more towards the back, please. Or Pretty that, please. I they yeah they definitely could have done that. Like, I don't know. I thought maybe. When they did have uh, Death Beats at 1 a.m., that they could like put Dragon Ball Super at 1:30 as kind of like a, a safety net. <laughs> but you know, I guess sticking it at 2 a.m. to begin with would probably suffice for that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it might have been better to put Gemoseto at like 1:30 than Ask Class at a. Uh... Too, just because like Assassination Classroom has been around for a while, or like mm-hmm. Gebaseto is something brand new. Yeah, and I would have been fine with that, though. I, 
I do prefer to have Assassination Classroom a little earlier. So there's that. They're they're obviously yeah, with the expectation that like uh, Ballmasters, Game of Sento is going to not appeal to the entire Toonami audience. So putting it later is a safe choice, but still it's pretty lousy that the uh, an Adult Swim original production is premiering that late. Because aside from, you know, special events and odd 4 a.m. premieres, that's basically as late as a Adult Swim original has ever premiered, which kind of stinks, but yeah. we, we live I in a wonderful world. I do wonder how like, it'll perform the... between like Classroom and Shippuden, though, because that feels like it'd be a bit of a whiplash. <laughs> well, I think it's probably going to have a... Mm. I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I, I think if it, if it ramps up the shonen adventure aspects... And it seems like it might, that it kind of fits in there, though probably more so between Fire Force and Assassination Classroom. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It It's definitely a, <laughs> an odd man out in that lineup, and I hope people give it a shot. Cause don't be afraid of different. But we can't have chain sketch. We need, like, six hours of Dragon Ball. It's it's okay to go against the grain sometimes. Yeah. Okay. The grain. Hmm. <clears throat> well, at least uh, we're we're not getting a Dragon Ball marathon on October thirty first. We're getting a Promised Neverland marathon the whole first season. The whole shebang. The whole I like shebang. that. I mean, thematically, it's great because it's Halloween, spoopy. Oh, that works. And you get the whole first season in one shot, which I think if you're going to do a marathon, that's a, one of the best ways to make use of a marathon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a great show to just like binge like like, like that. <laughs> like it, the suspense with each, uh, you know, cliffhanger just really just hurts. <laughs> yeah, you it was. Know. It was a little painful to watch week to week. <laughs> Particularly at certain cliffhangers. It's like, oh, oh, oh what's happening next? How do they get out of this one? Of course, there's a lot of the, like, oh, this seems like such a scary situation, but, oh, well, it turns out it wasn't actually that scary. <laughs> but fake, out, fake outs can have their fun moments, too. Neverland sure loves its fake outs. Mm. You can't have every cliffhanger be suspenseful because then you, you know, you expect it. True. You don't want that. Then it's a Netflix show. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it takes to get you to watch that next episode of Medium. I mean, it works. It does, doesn't it? But it's still an annoying way of telling stories. (laughs) Uh, yeah so that is gonna be the lineup probably until sometime mid-january because death beats is gonna last seven weeks i believe and we'll undoubtedly have a few more 
preemptions for the holidays, even though holidays are going to be weird this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm not, yeah, like, I'm not spending family place. time on Thanksgiving, that's for sure. <laughs> I will be, because I don't have to work on Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, because, I uh, also don't have to work on Thanksgiving uh, because, this year. Because, you know, COVID. <laughs> yeah, I... I might work on Black Friday, but I don't have to work on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But I'm... I don't get my schedule that far in advance. I mean, I, I don't have my schedule that far in advance either, but I just know, like, hey. You work at a grocery store, going? duelist. You're you're going to work Thanksgiving. <laughs> they didn't make me work last year. Oh, that means you do. <laughs> might be reverse seniority, actually. Oh. Hmm. Maybe. And given I've been there eight years. Uh... Meanwhile, I have the magic of an office job where I get to choose my schedule. Shit up, shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Go into corner, V-Lord. Okay. Go into corner and do your job. That's what you do in the corner. But I want to read manga instead. You can take manga with you. Okay. He's never going to leave the corner. Yeah. I know just live in the corner. That's right. I'll, I'll build a camp there. V-Lord's manga corner. Ah! ah. Ooh. Hey. It sounds too generic, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean... How about V-Lord's manga, manga like crevice? <laughs> I mean, a lot of people call my manga collection area the manga cave. Oh. It's like it's literally a basement with just like eighteen hundred volumes of manga. <laughs> wow, it's like the Bat Cave for manga. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh. Manga. Speaking man. of tsunami, let's get a lineup promo, please. Yeah. Uh, yes. Jeez, <laughs> it's been so Yo, long. Me. Wait, when was the last one? Oh I man. February. Sounds right. Jeez, it's been that on. long? That's ridiculous. Let me... Let me... Uh, yep, uh, late February. Really? Oh, man, that was even before Paranoia Agent. Yes, it was. <laughs> there is no lineup promo indicating that that uh, Bomb Masters ever aired on Tsunami. Nope. Yeah, the last makes me lineup sad. promo, I still had SAO on. <laughs> Yeah, it did. Ballmasters did make it into a music video or something, though. It, it did. It made it, it was, into a it, couple. It got into the Black Lives Matter uh, promo <laughs> speech. And I think some other ones. Controversial piece. Homily, Caboose. <laughs> okay. What we call them. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's what that was. Love it. Yeah, but seriously, now that they have, I think maybe the reason why they haven't done a lineup promo one, there hasn't been a whole lot of change, but I think also that they just wanted to highlight the new, newest things and didn't really feel the need to highlight the rest of the lineup. Like, I don't know, but it did seem like an odd choice that they didn't do any lineup promos for so long but now that they have five premieres i think they probably they, should they got 
three, you know, they got three shows. Well, yeah, three new premieres. Like, yeah, three shows starting the same. same same night. Come on, let's go. Or, or at really? least, you know, do something. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like the triple premiere promo from 2017. Oh yeah, that this is, is uh this is the most. <laughs> this is the first time they've had a triple premiere since then, which is uh, pretty cool. And not as cool that Dragon Ball Super is still on the schedule. Nope. <laughs> but. How, how long are they gonna keep that corpse around? <laughs> Till they lose the rights. Probably. Probably. Like, just... Ugh, whatever. We got five premieres again. I'm very content with that. I feel like, despite various things, they're finishing strong this year. Which is nice to see. I, well, I, I definitely wasn't expecting Death Beats to be on Toonami, no. so. I, I, exactly, because, like, I think, well, because, you know, like, Kyan made a, a, you know, point to Jason's, like, what, how dare you put, you know, uh, Samurai Jack reruns at the end and not have, you know, Kemisetu Macho Pichu uh, reruns alongside him <laughs> it, with tsunami packaging, and then Jason replied with a, you know, a thinking emoji. Mm. So I think you know, like really, we're just trying to push for Machu Picchu reruns with tsunami packaging at the end. But no, <laughs> they're like, hold my beer. Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> what's that? It was a. I'm surprised. Yeah, I was really happy. <laughs> this is way better than just reruns. <laughs> Not that I didn't enjoy having Ballmasters in Toonami as reruns. I mean, oh, sure, those were great. Yeah, why didn't they play the last two episodes? I think, I think you know, they just wanted to get JoJo on as soon as it was ready probably why well that was uh assassination classroom actually oh really yeah i don't know why they wouldn't just delay that a week oh yeah. there was, i right. feel like there was a but... way they could have done it and they didn't do it but it's whatever Mm-hmm. yeah well it is whatever at least it's not that hard to track down those last two episodes which people should definitely watch because some of the best anime references are in those like the freaking. I mean, at least they showed the torture dance episode. Ah, yes, they did. They did, and uh, if only it had co coincided with the return of JoJo. <laughs> Missed it by a week, I think. Mm -hmm. oh, that's okay. So, yeah. Um. We we definitely got to do weekly uh, death beats discussions. So I think it'd be amazing if we could <laughs> drag Max back on for some of those. Oh, I think we could probably get him at least once, but we'll we'll see. 
He was very open to coming on, so who knows? Yeah. Let's get Paul in one. I'm, I'm sure he'll have a blast. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Paul will inevitably be. <laughs> Is Paul even going to watch it? Who knows? Or were we you talking Paul about Paul Painter? Masters? Uh, I don't... I'm going to say probably not. Paul Masters? Paul Masters. Paul Masters. Paul Masters. Paul. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It's going to be... It's going to be a fun November. And, uh... I'll probably tune into at least some of the Halloween marathon. I'll be home in time. I like that I'm going to be home in time for Toonami in the coming weeks. Because for a while I was not, but I wasn't really bent out of shape about it because there wasn't much on Toonami I really needed to see. So I like that that's changing in more ways than one. And uh, I guess we could call that a podcast. I don't know. Do you guys want to talk about something else? <laughs> We've been here a while. Yes, we have. <laughs> oh, you yeah, got a lot of editing to do. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's okay. I mean, shorter than that uh, first part of the top ten. Oh, my word. Because I was like giving duelist a play by play on how much longer we were going to be recording. It's like, oh, 30 more minutes. Uh, no, make that an hour. Uh, I guess uh, 30 more minutes than that. Uh, we, we, uh, we, we talked long, long about that. Just watch the second part be like twice as long. I don't think so. I think the second part, even though I think we're going to throw Caboose's list on there too. Uh, I, I think it'll go faster because there's going to be more shows that we've already talked about. So, Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. Hmm. So the more shows that overlapped, the easier it was to get through the list. And there was certainly a lot of overlap, which is not unexpected. But there was also a lot of not overlap, which was surprising. And I, I liked it. Even though I... Question the tastes of some of our participants. <laughs> CJ. <laughs> How dare. <laughs> what, did he have, like, Akamega Kill on his list? I mean, come on now. Yes. <laughs> he did. I have Akamega Kill on my list, too. You hush. <laughs> I don't want to say anything else because I don't want to spoil it. But, <laughs> yeah, Akamega Kill I, was I, on I his list. I, I think only on his list, but uh, now apparently yours too. <laughs> Exclusive spoiler. Exclusive spoilers, yeah. Well, somehow he managed to have a more controversial pick than that. So, let your mind wander. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> I think I know exactly what it is. Then you don't have to say. CJ just crosses off the second half of his list and just writes handshakers in big letters. Can't do that. Didn't air on Tsunami yet. He'll find a way. Find a way. It's great that they mentioned 
Bible Black during Game of Seto Machu Picchu, but uh, if only, if only they had mentioned the Blue Girl. If only. The peak of hentai. It, I mean, I'm sure it would have made Darrell's maybe day. Maybe that would have swayed Darrell a little bit, maybe. Maybe, maybe a little bit. I, I, don't, I don't know what he thinks about the show. I, I really don't. I just know that Paul is like, like, what the fuck is this? Eh. It's not my action cartoon. But what if it is an action cartoon, Paul? There is action in it. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. There's absolutely some action in there. Action? Drama, a building story, deep lore. And it's I'm... made over here. And you want more American action cartoons. So, this is technically what you asked for, Monkey Spa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enough getting uh, dogpiling on Paul. Oh, God. There's too many Paul puns. There really is. And there was that one episode of Space Dandy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just too, too perfect. <laughs> uh, that, Paul. Uh, thank you, Space Dandy. Okay. Let's do the house cleaning. You can email us at podcast at tunamifaithful.com. You can follow us on facebook.com backslash podcast and on Twitter at tunamipodcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, Deezer, apparently. A lot of people are listening to us on Deezer. Huh. I think I said that right. I don't know. I've literally never heard of this thing before Paul was telling me that we have a decent amount of audience on it. So, uh, no shade, but... Huh. Hmm. You can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash Podcast. You can also get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and get the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiFaithful.com. If you like what we do and want to support us, you can become one of our Patreons at Patreon.com backslash ToonamiFaithful, where you can get the Nami Faithful Pass and get some exclusive stuff before anybody else. I think. I don't know what we're even doing with that anymore. <laughs> I don't know either. Paul and Darrell were doing something. I don't know if they still do it. <laughs> yeah. Debatably not the best value. <laughs> but thanks for supporting us. <laughs> Paul would kill me if you heard this. <laughs> but I'm not worried about him listening. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I kind of wish Max was still here for all this. <laughs> I mean, I don't kind of. I definitely wish, but uh, we can't take more of his time or let his pizza get colder. <laughs> that poor pizza. It deserves yeah. some love. Yeah. Well, it's still got more love than Klein's pizza. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you like penicillin on your pizza? Oh. oh. <laughs> Never miss a chance to quote the first Ninja Turtles movie. 
I saw that Ninja Turtles reference in Game of Seto. I was going to mention that to Max, but whatever. <laughs> it was a, one of the kids' toys was a Ninja Turtles action figure, which made me happy for that moment. Because you know me, I'm a simple man. I like Ninja Turtles references. Okay. Duelist, where can they find you? Uh, you can harass me on Twitter uh, at Heart of Sword 75. Uh, and I've been trying to upload some more stuff to my. Uh, my YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash duelist G. So uh, that, those are your best bets. And uh, <clears throat> as always, you can hear me regularly on Surreal Resolutions podcast ONA about twice a month. You're up to the minute anime news. about it mm. snail mail me at redacted caboose <laughs> oh. <laughs> where can they find you you can find me at caboose uh, jr on the twitter and the youtube I'm mostly hanging out in the discords like the swimpedia r slash adult swim sometimes r slash tsunami not so much Toonami Faithful's one. I mean, it's kind of stinky in there, but you know. <laughs> I'm only kidding! I'm but joking. we love all of you! Do we, though? Make the Do jokes. we really? Alright. Make the jokes. <laughs> Never said they were good, but hey. It's my jokes. But hey. Mm-hmm. Hey, V-Lord, yeah, where can they find you? Um, yeah, people can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ. And then I also write reviews for all-comic.com and Tanami Faithful. So check out those. Um, I'm also streaming on Twitch now at twitch.tv slash VLGTZ. So if you want to see me fail at Dragon Quest and Fire Emblem, go watch that. And then I also have three podcasts because I do way too much. Um, Dumbweaves Podcast, which is about general anime and manga. That's on Twitter at Dumbweaves Pod. Uh, then we have the Oversoul Shaman King podcast on Twitter at Shaman King Pod. And then the Big Baby itself, the Demon Slayer podcast, uh, which is on Twitter at D Slayer Podcast. And we recently had an episode where we brought on Daryl Harding from Crunchyroll to talk about the brand new Demon Slayer movie. So if you do not live in Japan and want to know, what the heck that movie is about and all the inner workings. Go listen to that. Ooh. And you can find our earlier guest, Max, the creator of Game Usetu Machu Picchu and Game Usetu Death Beats at MorningJazz69 on Twitter. And tune in for his uh, hosted Toonami Bracket every uh, Tuesday and Saturday at 5 p.m. for a couple more weeks. Hear me call in and be a jackass. <laughs> I'm going to stop promoting the podcast on it. I, I already <laughs> did on 
the first two times I called in, I mentioned I was with the Toonami Faithful podcast. This time, I didn't. And uh, going forward, I don't plan to because that would be obnoxious. <laughs> be a good sketch. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's fun to call in and talk to talk to those people. I didn't get to say hello to Christy. That makes me sad. <laughs> Christy Karak is the creator of Super Jail and Ballmasters. Very talented fella. Also, longtime anime fan. That was very interesting. You should, you should definitely listen to, uh, I, I guess it would be episode four. Yeah, episode four of The Bracket, because they have them on um, Adult Swim's podcast feed. Just look up Adult Swim in your podcast apps. And that, uh, that uh, they had an interesting conversation about their anime collecting back in the day. You know, back when anime collecting was a lot more difficult to do. <laughs> oh, those were different times. But yeah, lots of fun. And you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And I've been uh, poking around the Discord more these days. The Toonami Faithful Discord. Uh, uh, I've been popping up in the R Toonami Discord subreddit and also the r adult swim one in the toonami section at least and uh yeah fun fun times speaking of that bracket things are not going how i thought they would (laughs) there's been some there's been some interesting upsets interesting upsets uh jojo losing to dbz oh I won. one vote come on yeah that made <laughs> me sad one uh, vote i'm sorry i voted for dbz you you oh you so well, I did. if you if you had changed your vote then maybe they would have let it go to the chat obviously the chat would have voted for jojo <laughs> but uh yeah dang it man have you looked at the voting yet for uh, the next round? Not yet. Uh, it's really loud when you... Yes, it is. It's extremely loud. <laughs> it's the first time I got on. It's like, oh, whoa, my ear. Oh, okay, yeah. Painful. Oh, wow. But yeah, oh, man. That was... Uh, Cowboy Bebop beat Attack on Titan. I could see that one have gone either way, so that was yeah, that was interesting. Doctor Stone really beat Sword Art. I was rather surprised. Yeah. And uh, JoJo beat Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I honestly thought Full Metal was gonna pull that one out. That's hmm. And interestingly enough, Hunter Hunter beat Dragon Ball Super. I don't know. Hunter Hunter could make it to the final four. I hope it does. I don't think it'll win, but I think it'll make it to the final four. But we were so close to DBZ not making it into the final four. So close. So close. I I I expected it to happen. Like either that or super, honestly. But you you were right, Caboose. You were right that Naruto would beat Kai. I yeah <laughs> yeah. 
I thought it, ship. I thought Shippuden was going to go the furthest of the Naruto shows, I, but because see, I thought you know because Kai, people don't really you know have super fond memories of Kai. It's all about the original OG Z that people you know love, like the Bruce Falconer score. Um, yeah, filler like that's what people like had fond memories of kai was just like oh hey okay oh we're done oh okay they're pacing but like it it like people had fond memories of watching og dragon ball z on toonami weekdays from mm-hmm. four to seven It's weird though, because even on the bracket, like on the Instagram for round three, like they just put DBZ. They don't even put Kai. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they're only including DBZ because of the one airing on April Fool's 2012, which I think is kind of, yeah. But since only one DBZ actually managed to make it this far, I guess I can't complain too much, but. Oh, we were so close, which was surprising because I definitely thought one or two Dragon Ball shows were going to make it into the final four, which is obnoxious. I mean, why wouldn't you think that that would happen? But it's clear that these 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 polls are, are not being taken by very casual people. <laughs> it's a very niche audience that's actually voting here. Yeah, I mean, like you have to have uh, a, IGPX beat Boruto. <laughs> IGPX beat Boruto. It's that I think that says all you need to know about this polling group. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a telltale sign. <laughs> but also, Cowboy Bebop beat Attack on Titan, which I think uh, that is also an indication that. Some old favorites will go far. So would not be surprised if Bebop makes it into the final four. But I think on uh, the, what is that? The, forget what side it is. <laughs> well, no, that, that should be obvious. On the west side. West side. In the west bracket, I I think, I think Hunter Hunter might clinch it on the west bracket. But hard to say. I didn't, I didn't expect it to beat Super. It's up against Neverland next round, right? Yeah, I think it'll beat Neverland. Yeah, probably. But yeah. will it beat either Cowboy Bebop or One Punch Man? That is a question. I think it will probably beat Bebop. I'm not sure about uh, anything else, though. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, my hero's going to take the north. And uh, probably Naruto will take the. Actually, it could be Naruto or Demon Slayer taking the south. I mean, right now, Demon Slayer is winning on the Instagram, but who knows? That could change. Mm, it could. I, I just like that uh, at the end there, we have Mob and Assassination Classroom. As opposed to, it could have been Ghost in the Shell versus Bleach. <laughs> Which 
would have been entirely likely, but also kind of, eh. <laughs> whatevs. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I honestly thought Bleach would have gotten a little yeah. bit further ahead, but it is what it is. Those yeah. Bleach fans just weren't thirsty enough. I guess no. All they cared about it was beating Food Wars. I guess <laughs> if they beat Food Wars, they're like, okay, we're done. Mission we're accomplished. Done. Mission accomplished. Yeah, exactly. But uh, hmm, mm, interesting, interesting. And now we got DBZ against Fooly Cooly. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, it's, it's probably gonna be DBZ. <laughs> but I. <laughs> This audience probably likes Fooly Cooly a whole lot. They Fooly Cooly beat One Piece. Fooly Cooly beat Champloo. So who knows? It could go. It could go. Wait, somebody controversial in the in in the in the chat was like, Fooly Cooly season one's the worst. But seasons two and three were good. Like, whoa, that is... That, that's an uh, interesting take. That is unexpected. Okay. <laughs> you know, I kind of appreciate it, but at the same time, I'm like, bro, you can't be saying that about Fooly Cooly Season 1. <laughs> it's like one of the best OVAs. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. What is the... What is the top... What's the other one in the West? Not the West. Uh, in the East... Oh, uh, Kill a Kill versus... Oh, right. Something. Kill. Kill a Kill versus... Soul Eater? Yeah. Yes. Oh, Soul Eater? Yes. Hmm. I don't know. I can see that go either way. They're kind of... I, w I would say Kill a Kill is probably more popular now. But Soul Eater used to be really popular. So... Hmm. Yeah. I'd, I'd give the edge to Kill a Kill, I think. I'm doing Kill a Kill just because it's. Yeah. Hey, I honestly like, you know, like I didn't expect Kill a Kill to ever air on Toonami. Like ever. <laughs> I thought it was just. Uh, kind of didn't think that they would get away with it. At the same time, I yeah. thought that they would have been interested in airing it. So. Oh, yeah. Like, I, th I figured, like, it's, it's got great action, mm -hmm. got a great cast, yeah. got a great story, but, like, edits, edits, <laughs> edits. You know, edits, I mean, edits, I think at edits. this point, the wall for edits is, like, Fujiko Mine. <laughs> as long as it's not, like, literal titties, like, every, mm -hmm. like, five seconds. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. So... That's another thing. You should definitely listen to those podcasts or watch the live streams on uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. You get to hear interesting stories from people that work at Adult Swim, like Kim Manning was on. And I finally got to say more than hello to her. <laughs> I definitely wanted to call in, but uh, you... Uh... <laughs> You took up that spot, and then they were already just going through the... Did you try calling in afterwards? Because it seemed like nobody was calling after that. I 
I don't know. I just figured, you know, I, I'm like they're they're doing their bracket. They're let them, let them do their thing. But yeah. Oh well. I <laughs> they hung up on me before I was like, hey, hey, Konosuba for tsunami. Uh-oh. <laughs> of course. I, I mean, I mean, Tim from Crunchyroll was there. Tim Liu from Crunchyroll was there. Kim Manning was there. I mean, how perfect is? Yeah. Who who better ask? Plus, Tim Tim is just awesome. He's he's really nice. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. I enjoy his, his stories. Got the swim chat to chant it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I really want Konosuba on Tsunami. <laughs> Maybe someday. But at least it's on HBO Max. Dub, dub only for some reason. At least last time I checked, it was dub only. Which I like the dub, so no problem there. But I mean, HBO that... Max anime work in mysterious ways. Yeah. Where we only get one audio track for some reason. In some cases, yes. It's odd. Very odd. Like. What good does it do anybody if we get Commoner of the Iron Fortress subbed? That was already what it was on Amazon. <laughs> Stream the dub. <laughs> Isn't the dub on, like, Crunchyroll now? Maybe? I don't know. And I don't really know what's going on with, like, the, the Netflix thing with that. They also yeah. have That some, one was super weird. Though I think it, at the very it. least, the dub for that's still the same cast. So oh, That's good. Right sides. Right sides. Sometimes. Sometimes. So yeah, this uh, this bracket's already gone ways I did not expect it to. Which it's fun. It's it's fun. I I underestimated the hunter stands, and for that I am sorry. I also really underestimated the Doctor Stone stands. Wow. Doctor Stone's gone far. And uh cool. I like that. I don't think it'll make it to the final four because it's got to go up against My Hero Academia for that, but it My might. Hero. It might It might make it to at least that matchup. So, yeah, get excited. Some, uh, stiff competition there. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. That's enough about yeah. that bracket. Yeah, I think we've uh, rambled enough, <laughs> even after we've done, you know, <laughs> everything. Closing. That's okay. Uh, closing arguments. I might. I mean, I don't want to make more work for myself, but I might rearrange some of this stuff, like have a post segment when Max rambles on about various things. <laughs> or maybe I'll just leave it as it is. <laughs> If you if you're listening to this episode of the podcast, you you came to hear Max, so that's good. <laughs> uh. oh yeah, still kind of have to end it. So uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks. Uh, my game, it's all right. Thanks for playing. Yeah. Rip sketch. We knew him well. Uh. Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed this uh, rambly conversation, all very many of them. And uh, remember, new stuff coming to Toonami soon. Good times. Hope you enjoy it. 
And uh, thanks for listening every time we put out a podcast. And until next time, we're punching out. Stay gold. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't hear you over all this raquette. Goddammit, Scotch. <laughs> you little horny bitch boy. I also have one other way to help deal with your guilt and memories. It's this building called Bar where they serve alcohol drinks. Drink your beverage. ライナガスジカンソシテオモエデイワワワカイセクゴシュシナイセキセキガトレナカタトキワタシワトビサイライカスポーツボールテニスオシュルライカスポーツボールコトモニナル<音楽>